So many of us want to hire a world-class team, but we just don't know where to begin. In this episode, I speak with Austin Netsley. Now, Austin is one of my personal mentors. He is author, investor, business coach, growth advisor, and the founder of 2X. And 2X helps six and seven figure entrepreneurs to turn their business into a consistent, fast-growing machine. And literally, his program helped my business 2x and then 2x again the following year. So I know he is the real deal. In this episode, we talk about not just how to hire and hire well, how to hire for mission and culture, but really we dig into the systems. This is a very practical, tactical episode where we go step by step into how to hire world-class players for your team. I know you're going to love it. You're listening to Business Savvy with Abby Ashley. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who wants to learn how to scale your business beyond yourself, you're in the right place. We'll talk about all things strategy, marketing tactics, operations, team building, everything you need to become business savvy. Now here's your host, Abby Ashley. Hey, Austin. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here and uh, congrats on all that you've done and are doing. uh, And let's give some good value today. Yes, this is going to be an incredible show. Okay, everyone listening, I have to brag on Austin and his program a little bit before we get started because um, I will say I joined his 2X program a few years back and had so much success with it. It was incredible to see what happened when I put the systems behind my vision. And it was truly like you think a lot of times I just need more marketing, more growth, more marketing, more growth. It was literally uh, systems to hold my vision is what made our business explode. His program is called 2X. We not only 2X, but we joined another year and 2X again in our company. And I've now referred so many people to him. So just Austin Thank you for building such an incredible program that I want to tell the world about. Uh, I appreciate you and your brain so very much. <laughs> well, absolutely. It's like what we do is operational excellence. We talk about systems numbers in your team and we work with people like you, Abby, that are so talented at what they do, but they keep hitting walls until, or a ceiling until they get that operational excellence in place. So you are like our dream client to work with that if we can combine operational excellence with your talent, you can just go to the moon and that's what you guys have done. So uh, your dream to work with. Well, it was such a pleasure. And man, like I said, everybody, yes, yes, I still endorse 2X. If you see my endorsements, they're still true. 100% recommend Austin and all of his programs. I will say this. One of the things that I want to chat about today is, you know, scaling specifically through hiring. Now, you mm-hmm. usually say that there's three forms of leverage a business can use to scale money, people and systems. Before we jump into kind of the people part of it, can you just break down those three leverage points for me. And so everyone can really understand how they can be used as leverage points. Yeah. Leverage is a scary word uh, uh, in in a lot of respects because people talking about being over leveraged to buy a house and different things, but in your business, leverage is one of the best things that you should be looking for. It's, It's basically how can you get more done with less? So you talked about money. Uh, the, the form of, of leverage uh, with money is if you have a business that's profitable, that you can put $1 in and get $2 out, that's leverage. You want to be doing that all day long, right? If I said, hey, here's a dollar and you are going to give me two back, I'm going to keep doing that over and over again. So how can you turn $1 into two? That's uh, one form. Another is people. 
uh, with your team. Team and people are like, that's the oldest form of leverage is using other people to get more done so that you don't have to do everything yourself. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, and then systems. Systems are one of our favorite things, as you mentioned. And systems are uh, putting a mechanism or tool in place that can help something get done more efficiently or effectively. So everything in your business is and should be a system. This is everything from having a sales system to uh, how you hire people, to how you uh, pay people, to how you market, to how you write emails, to how you set up blog posts, like everything in your business is a system. And if you put in the proper system, again, through automation or a step-by-step -step SOP or whatever it is, you're gonna be able to get that done more efficiently and more effectively and be able to hand that off more effectively as well. So all these are, uh, again, leading back to leverage. So uh, money, people and systems are, uh, again, three of the best forms of leverage. Mm, so good. When I hear systems, which is a large, I mean, there's essentially systems around each one of these, even how you're leveraging money or how you're leveraging people, right? You're still mm, exactly. the systems part kind of flows in every part of it. And I know naturally, I always say I'm not naturally a systems person. And honestly, I think that word even scared me in the beginning, because mm. to me, systems seemed so black and white like you it's like numbers you get it right or you get it wrong and one of the things that your program i feel like really helped me to do was to free me up from that black and white thinking and being like you know what like if we can set in a system that is 70 percent of the way there 80 percent of the way there or if we could create a kpi sheet that's 70 percent we're we're throwing spaghetti against the wall and then we'll track and see if the numbers we're saying are our goals are correct and i think yeah. that that opened me up so much to just like this doesn't have to be perfect so even as we're like talking about people just know that the systems and the like there it's trial and error there are elements that like with a proven system, with a guide, you know, that you can definitely get right. And we're going to talk yeah. about like some of the ways to get it right. But that 100%, it doesn't have to be perfect all the way, which is one of the things you yeah. guys really helped me with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all these pieces go to, together. And as I talked about operational excellence from, from our standpoint is systems, numbers, and people. And these three things all have to work together because, for instance, the numbers help guide the people on what's working, what's not, and how they're doing. The systems help make it easier or what to do. The people run the systems and like uh, the systems support the people. Like they're all so uh, interrelated. And like you said, it's like in these small wins, like a, a system will save a little bit of time here that now you've got time to go and fix this thing over here. And that leads into more time. And it's just like this compound effect over time. So just these small incremental wins really adds up in a couple months if you do it right. But most people are so focused I'm just like putting out the fire or uh, trying to get money in in the next day that no, we're like, hey, if you really build the machine, if you uh, implement this stuff through operational excellence that I'm talking about, then you're going to feel that in such a big way, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days later, let alone, you know, two years and four years later, like, you know, we're talking here, Abby, three years after you started in 2X. Yeah, 100%. I really want to pick your brain today specifically about the people component. Um, one, because we are we love talking about hiring uh, here at uh, Hello Savvy. But I really love that idea too of like, okay, how do you get from the point of putting out all those fires that you talked about 
to working on your business. So how does hiring a team actually help an individual go from working in their business to on it? And I'd love to hear even like, because you've have experience with so many people, like what are some of like the real life examples that you've seen of people doing that transition from in to on? And what is the people yeah. element that makes that happen? Absolutely. So the first thing that, that we have to ask somebody is before we talk about strategy, before we talk about, you know, uh, specific things to do and tactics in your team, even the first question to ask is like, what's your vision? Where do you want to go? What do you want to achieve? And everybody wants the same things. They want, you know, some form of wealth or money. They want some form of freedom to spend their time in the way that they want. They want to potentially make a big impact or you want to just like grow and learn and be successful. You want this great, amazing lifestyle. Like, well, to get any of those things, you need this vehicle that can run and thrive without you. Like if it's dependent on you and your time to, if it's like, you know, just trading time for money, then you might as well just stay in, in a job. And there's a lot of amazing jobs out there. But if you have the visions of, of these other things, of having the freedom, of having a vehicle that can run and thrive without you, then you need other people to be able to do that. So the second, so it, goes, it starts with like what you really want and like then what has to be true to get that. And part of that, again, is having uh, this business in place and the people running it so that uh, you can achieve that. But then also the other thing is like, as you look at creating that vehicle, at least 80%, if not 99% of the things are things that you shouldn't be doing or don't have to do. Things that either A, you're not good at, or B, you don't enjoy doing, or admin activities. Like if you just take those three buckets alone, that's at least 80 to 90% of the activities in your business. And we think that we're so good at everything. And we think that we have to do everything ourselves. And when we start a business, we do so many things ourselves. So to make like every level, new level that you go to, there's these tranches that people get stuck into. And we see so many people, Abby, get stuck in this tranche of going from doing almost everything themselves to making the leap where they're not doing much, but to where they're truly working on the business, not in it. And a lot of people get stuck there because we get so trained by getting to that level of success that we, we it's better if we do it ourselves. So to get through that, we need to, again, do some of the things that we're talking about here today to have people in place that, again, you can be working on the business. But for instance, one, one example of this uh, is a guy named John, John Murphy. Uh, John came into uh, our, our 2X program. He was working 110 hours a week and he had built a successful business. Like he built it from scratch up to $67,000 per month. He was, you know, over $700,000 per year, but he was working 110 hours a week. So he came into 2X absolutely exhausted. We started to implement the things uh, you know, that, that we do one by one. One of them was adding a couple people. He literally added two full-time people and he went from working 110 hours a week down to in four months, 10 hours a week on his business. And the cool thing is, since he was free from the weeds, he was able to think more. He was able to put uh, leverage in place through systems and people. And we were able to give him a couple strategies to do. He went from $67,000 per month to $503,000 per month, over a half a million dollars per month while working 10 hours per week by doing this. That's in just a six month time frame. So four months, he was free from the day to day, then working on the business. And he wasn't even working more. He was just thinking much more strategically in a uh, like seven X his business. So that's a true example of putting these uh, forms of leverage in place. Mm, so good. I love how you talked about having that foundation of vision. And I found that for our company, having a foundation, you know, the vision of where you're going. It's like every single okay, like, how do we hire? Let's hire to the vision. How do we face mm -hmm. this challenge? Let's look at the vision. How do we make this yep. vision in business? We look to the vision. 
But the reality is, is that you're working 100 hours a week, 110 hours a week, you don't have time to freaking look at the vision all the time, right? And it's like this, um, yeah, so I think the people component of it is just a huge part in order to be able to give you that ability to come back to the vision, come back to the vision, which is like, in my opinion, you know, no matter what you end up doing, what no matter what your your remaining tasks look like in those 10 hours or whatever your goal is to work, a huge yeah. part of it is that you you continue to carry and hold the vision. And that like remains one of the main roles of the CEO. And so I love how you like tied that into, you know, how much leveraging the people component can actually get you to that point. That's yeah. a really, yeah. really good point. Absolutely. And, and coming back to the vision, it's not about working 10 hours a week or 60 hours or whatever. It's about having the optionality to choose whatever you want. Like, Abby, you talked about, you know, at, at one point in one of your businesses, you could be able to work on that two hours a week. And that was an amazingly successful business. And that's what you wanted. And now, you know, you're choosing to work more into that. But having that optionality, um, because like I personally, like I've done the four hour work week, I've traveled around the world where I was working a couple hours. And like, that was amazing in that period of my life. But like now I would be miserable if I only worked four hours a week, you know? So it's like having that, that point to choose because then you can do a new project or a new initiative or spend your time with whatever you want or write a book or whatever it is that you have like dreamed of, like create your dream situation. And that's, that's your vision. That's what it starts with because that's where we want it to be. Uh, and again, through a period of a few months or a couple of years, you can achieve some crazy things related to your vision as long as you're doing exactly as you said, Abby, and making the decisions based around uh, that from the start. So good. Okay. So I want to get into some of the nitty gritty because I think people at this point are like, okay, yes, I want to, I want to hire, it. I want to hire. So I have some freedom to have some, that vision space, that white space to connect to my vision. Uh, and one of the things that I know gets repeated in your program a lot is let's, you know, hire a world-class team. So um, before we get into maybe the step-by-step of how to hire a world-class team, um, I'd love to hear what does it look like to not have a world-class team or like what are the mistakes that you see that people are making that you're just like, oh, it just hurts you inside when you see them do it. Well, here's the reality is there's studies done that have shown that like we all think that we're good judges of talent. Like we all think like, yes, like, I'm not like most people, like I can tell talent, I've got some experience in this particular thing, but studies show even with that and with the tools and knowledge that people have, only 20% of the time do we hire somebody that's that's an A player. This isn't like a top tier, top 1% extreme caliber person. This is like just like a generally really solid fit, right? 20% of the time it's successful. And, and as we talk about like the most costly things in business are working on the wrong things, not taking action, like in action, just being frozen. Mishiring is one of the most expensive things in, in taxes. Like if you can avoid those four things or at least uh, not have those four, or, or like not have those hold you back, then you are going to be in a crazy good spot because the cost of a mishire is insane, the tax that it has on your business. It takes more time from you. You have to jump back in and do things anyways. It ruins the, the client experience if they're on the, the client side. It takes uh, energy and time from your team. They, uh, of course, have costs that are involved with that. They delay certain projects, yada, yada. yada. It goes on and on and on and on the cost of a, a, a mishire. There's been studies that have done that show that the average cost of a mishire costs you 26 times somebody's salary. 
26 times. Like that's a huge cost. And I've seen that over and over again. So what you want to do is put the proper systems and strategies in place so that you can flip that on its head so that you can get it right. You're not going to get it right 100% of the time, but you can put the proper uh, things in place so that you can be hiring successfully 80 or 90% of the time. And by doing that, if you get the right person on your team, it is truly life changing, let alone business changing. And you've seen this, I've seen this. And what you want to do is, again, like learn from that and do that systematically so that you're really set up to, to hire successfully. Yep. Those people you get on your team that you're like, your your brain for a second goes, what if they left and you just die a little inside? Those yeah, are the people you yeah. want on your team. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the thing is, you know really, really fast. Like, you know, usually within a couple hours or a couple days, do you have a true AI player on your hands? And along those lines, so what do we want to do? We want to give us those opportunities to see that. We want to test people before they get hired officially. Even once they get hired, we want to do a trial period to have them really prove it because people can tell you anything. But if we can have them show it to us, you're going to know pretty quickly. So knowing that, again, we want to put those structures in place to really, really set ourselves up to succeed and, and hire at a very high rate. Yeah. So we're already, we're getting into some of the how-to and I love this. So um, definitely as far as the hiring process, you mentioned like a test project. So that's in the actual, like I'm looking at potential candidates. Is this something you do for freelancers and for employees or is this, yeah, is there any distinction there, that test project? Absolutely. Uh, yes, we test everybody. Um, and with freelancers, we take a little bit different approach because we usually find them potentially on a place that they already have a lot of reviews. So for instance, if we hire them, you know, on a Upwork or whatever the site, I don't, I don't do any of the hiring. So I don't even, I know it was Elance. Like, Upwork, like, Hello Savvy. I don't know. <laughs> well, of course well, we already used Hello Savvy. We love Hello Savvy. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, we're very happy beta uh, clients there for, for Hello Savvy. Um, but like any place uh, that you hire a freelancer, there may be reviews that they have. So like we use the, as one point of reference, but really we're always doing a test trial. And if we want somebody on our team longer than a couple months, we're going to do a screening interview as well, or a, um, a reference interview to just like get another resource to just like make sure that we, you know, dot our I's and cross our T's because if you do that, those, those couple extra steps that most people don't do, like very few people that I know do reference interviews, reference checks. And if you just do that, you'll be able to see if there's any red flags for the position that you're hiring for. But for freelancers, we don't always do that. But for full-time roles, we always, always do. But um, um, I forget what the question even was, but yeah. We'll come and back. then, yeah, so I, it's interesting. So we started adding a test project into our employee hiring process. And we actually do it after... I think it's after the first round of interviews. I'd have to look back and see where we do it. But it's yep. so crazy because sometimes you'll be like, oh my gosh, it's totally this person. Then you get the test project and you're like, I was completely wrong. It's totally yes. this person, right? So those test projects yes. can be so telling for sure. Yes. So so what we do is we have a questionnaire that, that people fill in. Uh, this is a typical, typical role. So we have a, a questionnaire that they fill in. Uh, from there, they uh, kind of get uh, weighing down to like the top, whatever, the top, let's say top 25% of people or whatever. From there, they get a test task. And then from there, they get a, a screen down even further. And then there's a screening call. And then if they make it past all three of those stages, then they go either to the final hiring manager or if it's a certain role, then it comes to me. But like I only chat, like let's say that we're hiring two coaches, for instance, then I'll only interview like four or five people, but th this is from 200 on down, on down, on down to, you know, again, five people maybe. 
Um, and these are a high quality, already vetted. I see all the information right in front of them. I've got this whole log. I see their test tasks and what they're good at, what they're bad at. And I could go deep into those areas and see. And now we're pretty confident in who we're hiring in that case, right? Mm, so good. And so you mentioned that you can normally tell pretty quickly. So sometimes you'll get to, you know, somebody's made it past that test project, the interview, and you're like, yep, let's do this. Let's work together. Yep. What happens yep. in your organization within those first couple days, couple months, because that's really a, a really telling time as well. So what is your yep. best suggestion for how to, you know, kind of, see if somebody is a good fit in those first couple of months. Yep. Uh, we always suggest a trial period and we usually do a shorter trial period, for instance, like 14 days. And what that does is that gives us a clear out. It gives us a clear endpoint where we can make a decision. If you are not a heck yes at that point in time, then it's a, unfortunately this isn't going to work out. And it's the most important time is to fire fast enough systematically and like, and, and have that out early on. And then, you know, a lot of people will have like, you know, kind of probation or, 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 or like people call it different things for the first 60 or 90 days. But again, we know that going through our hiring process and getting involved pretty quickly, we usually know really confidently at that 14 day period. But within that first 14 days, we're getting them up to speed. Like we have like a very systematic onboarding that they go through a lot in their own time and, and pace uh, related to the core values and the company and the culture and where to find things and the tech that we use and the backstory and like some of the things that they just, just in general need to know. And then they're also involved in certain meetings. They're getting a couple different projects and things that are very small, but at least we can see how their mind works and we're getting them involved with the team so they can see how are they a good culture fit. So between them getting up to speed with the general admin things and the backstory and the company culture and everything, the uh, actual projects that they're working on, them working with the team. And then at the end of the two weeks, we set it out. So like, hey, this is how you're going to be measured at the end of the two weeks. This is exactly what's expected of you. And then we have them share back at the end of that two week period. Here's the actual output. And if, if we explicitly say this is exactly the way that we're going to go through it and they come to that two weeks and they don't have any of that um, or they don't like we just realize, hey, it's not a right fit. And different roles are different. So like, you know, a role that's very much attention to detail oriented, like we would like explain and like we want them to succeed. Like we're not trying to like trick them or anything like we're, we want them to like we are just laying it out so explicitly of like this is what um, you can do. But it's crazy. People get lost in the drift that are amazing throughout the, the hiring process and just like really sell themselves. And two, two days in, you realize, yeah, they're not a good fit, you know? Like we have some people not make it to the end of that 14 day, but um, at that point in time, like, again, you should be really, really confident that, that, that you're uh, bringing somebody in for the long term. So the big mindset shift to make is like, act as if everybody that you're bringing on your team, you're gonna have on your team for the next 10 or 20 years. Like if you think of that, then you're going to be much more careful and methodical of how you bring people on. And that's the way that we take it. So good. And again, we're talking about how to hire a world-class team. And I think that there's something really important and it goes back to like, what is the cost of not hiring a world-class team? It affects your entire team culture. It affects your budget. Yep. It affects your own personal time. I mean, there's so many, it might feel like a lot to somebody listening to this. If you've you're maybe hiring for the first time or you've hired and had not done a process like this. It's like, oh, that feels like a lot. But you have to think of like, yes, but the cost of not doing it in a way that has kind of these checks and balances in it can be really huge. Right. So I think that it, it, it's huge. Yeah, it, it's a it's a big mindset shift because it, it is I did the same thing. I think we all do that as we all go into 
I, I don't have any time. I need to hire this role. I trust this person. My gut feels like it's, it's good. Yes, we'll bring them on. And they're a nightmare. <laughs> I've done that many times. So we need to put this structure in place. Like what I just shared is like people are filling out a survey. They're then jumping through this other hoop, then another hoop, then another hoop. Then like people have to like want to get there. And of course we're selling them and like the end, every part of the process as well, because it's a two way street and we're selling them and rolling them into our vision. But like, You've got to do that. Otherwise, it's just going to cost you so much time. So, and, and related to that as well, Abby, is like, just do one role at a time. Like if you try to do this and you're trying to hire like seven roles at once, which I've done, you know, many times, it does not work out well. It doesn't set them up for success. It doesn't set you up for success. But if you hire one role and get that done really right and set them up to succeed, and then they start to get up to speed really quickly and they make an impact and they free up time and they're saving you this, that, and they're fixing these other things. Now you have way more time and capacity and money to then go and do the next person and do this over. So take it much slower and much more methodically. That's the whole point of what we're talking about here. So good. And one of the things that I feel like you guys do really good at uh, 2X is that is communicating your company vision. I know you do that with the clients that you work with, but also with your team. How do you bake that vision casting into your hiring process from like the initial, I know you guys have, I think like a sales page almost made for like the role um, into the hiring process, into that onboarding. How do you make sure that people are, I guess, catching the vision or do you filter people out by if they are kind of a vision, mission, culture fit throughout the hiring process? Absolutely. Um, We start, well, basically Almost every page of our website is in some way, shape, or form related to our mission and our core values and like the culture that, that, that we want to have. Um, and so much of hiring is about the right positioning because we have a very short period of time. Like let's say that we're trying to hire an A player. If we're trying to hire an A player, they have other opportunities. They have other things going on. They're probably, you know, like not super desperate for work right at this moment, right? So if we think about that dream person that we want to hire, we've got to think, hey, how can we stand out to that person? How can we be positioned in, in the right way? So what do A players want? Well, they want to join a professional team. They want to join like other great people. They want to make an impact and have something bigger than just a job. They want to do these certain things. They want to win. So like create your whole positioning and culture and team around those particular things and do it one person at a time. And eventually you'll have that. So with this specifically is like in our hiring pages, we are sharing the vision. We're sharing our core values. We're sharing what matters to us. We're sharing about the team. We're sharing about all these things of the culture, right? As soon as people fill in that first application, then we're literally sending them, hey, we got your application. Here's our vision and where we're headed over the next couple of years. Check this out. And like we're, we're every step of the way, we're selling them into our vision and culture. And uh, we're highlighting our team in certain ways as well. So anywhere that people see anything related to hiring, again, we are selling and enrolling them in our vision and mission because that's what you want is people that want something bigger than a job because, you know, uh, you can find people to do anything for a certain dollar amount. But if you have such an amazing vision and mission, then you can bring people that would like do it for free. And and like, uh, you don't necessarily want that, but like you want people that would be so fired up to be a part of your team and mission uh, that they would do that. So we're selling the vision in different ways all throughout. And it's really, really important because it brings in the right people. That's so good. And I feel like, you know, one of the questions people get is like, where do I find these people? And one of the things I know you recommend and we recommend too, I mean, we're literally building a hiring platform and I will still say, 
first, you should look to your own audience. And I know that, that that's something you guys recommend as well, just because if you're talking about people who get it, who already know the culture and the mission of your company, it's probably going to be the people who are kind of you've been on the radar, they've been reading your emails or consuming your content or whatever. So that's something that you guys suggest, right, is to kind of look to your own audience first when finding these people. Absolutely. The way that we talk about it is like, you are one degree away from anybody and everybody that you could ever need, right? So when we talk, talk about your, your existing network, it's like, who do you know that even if they're unhirable, even if they're a friend, so they could be a friend, it could be a past coworker, it could be somebody on your team right now, it could be an influencer that you know, it could be some clients, uh, it could be anybody that you have in your network that either A, could be like a great fit, or B, could know somebody. So you're going to either know them already or be one degree away from knowing them. And like, again, to get this A player, there needs to be a certain level of trust. So we always start with the highest trust, which is people that you know are one degree away from people that you know. So that's, that's what we have people think about. And start by just going through a list. Again, even if they're unhirable, write them down and you want to go out and, and find them. So many people just put a job posting out and hope that the, the world just comes tumbling towards them. Uh, and like, that's not the way it works. Again, A players have other things going on. So we have to figure out what do we want? Like, what's the role? Who's the dream person for that? Let's go out and find them. And you've got to be talking to people. You've got to be asking for referrals. You've got to be going, going after them. If you do that, again, you're going to get a lot of the right people uh, and high quality people because it's not about getting 200 applicants. It's about getting the right applicants, uh, most importantly. And that's usually uh, within your network or with a great hands-on service, you know, uh, such as website. Awesome. So, I mean, I think I know the answer to this based off of everything you've said, but the adage, hire slow, fire fast, agree or disagree. Why or why not? Absolutely agree. It's an old adage for a reason, uh, but I would actually change it just a little bit to like hire slow systematically and hire fast systematically. Here we go. <laughs> um, because like what you want to do is like make it easy, like hiring people and like, should you hire them? Yes or no. Firing people, especially should you fire them? Like these are hard decisions. So like what we want to do is put the structure in place that makes it really, really clear. So, so much of, again, what I've been sharing here is, is about doing that systematically. So that there's the structures in place so that it's so much easier to do. Um, but the big thing is, is to really make sure that you're bringing on the right people, that you're working them through, that you're testing them, that you're doing the trial period, yada, yada, that you're making the hard decisions up front. Because after that period of time, like you, you need to go all in on investing in them and training them and developing them and teaching them about systems and other things that will set them up for long term success. Um, and again, just just build your team with that long term uh, mindset and that, that'll you know have you be in a good spot. So I agree with it, but I would say add systems in there. Yeah, have the systems to hire slow and fire fast, which exactly. makes so much sense because, you know, I think a lot of people, if they're if you're not hiring with systems, let's just say you're like, all right, I'm going to go on the site and I'm just going to hire this random person or a friend recommend this person. So I guess I'll hire them. And in the first two weeks, you're like, oh, I don't really know. But what happens because you haven't built in that checkpoint you haven't built in that mm -hmm. two week like let's have a you know at this two week checkpoint we will both say hey is this working is this not working then you just yep. sit and especially if you're a non-confrontational person like me then you just sit with the feeling for so long because you haven't built yep. in the system to like have the tough conversation to you know to yep. make the decision so if you build it into your system then it just makes it that much easier to do so i love i love that yeah. And the expectations there. And like we set the expectation of like, Hey, 
40% of people that get to this point, like they don't pass. So it's not like a sure thing yet. And like, I want to make sure that it's a good fit for you. Like, I want you to be spending years here. So like, we got to make sure that it's a good fit. And like, again, if it's communicated the right way, everybody's involved in that um, and in agreement. But all of us, you know, entrepreneurs, I think have had the experience where we're like, oh, this person isn't great, but like, let me try it a little bit more. Let me push off that decision or let me push them to a new role or whatever. And you just drag it on. Next thing you know, you're six months later and you're still frustrated with the same person. Like, no, we can't have that. We've got we to gotta change that uh, because it leads to the team and the, the whole culture and everything. And if somebody's not really not working out, you're doing them a disservice by having them on the team as well. Like set them up for success and, and uh, again, do so systematically so that everybody wins. So good. Oh my gosh. I feel like we have flown. It's like been 30 minutes already. <laughs> we have flown through so wow. much so quickly. This has been so incredibly insightful. Is there anything that we've missed? Like if you were to say when hiring above all else, just make sure if you hear anything from this episode, do <laughs> this, which you probably, or, or maybe something that we've just missed that you were like, oh, I want to make sure I notate this to when hiring, make sure you do this. Yeah. I think that we've touched on the key things related to systems and playing the long game. But what I would say, uh, actually we did touch on this, but I want to reemphasize it. Don't go from zero to hero overnight, but if you organically start with the vision and the mission and the culture and core values of like, what, what's that dream unit that you want to create? I mean, Abby, you talked about this as well. It's like, you've just got this dream team and culture. And like you crafted that first with a vision and then you did that one person at a time. And here you are a couple years later with this company that you love. Like that's what everybody should have and should be able to get to. And the way that you can get there is again, so much in relation to the people that you have and the culture that you create. And it's, that starts one person at a time. And if you do this, you like strong people, like A players that are a great culture fit, like they're not going to accept having people that are a bad fit, right? Like they're going to repel that. Like we've had, a, you know, a one role that we hired recently that he just was not a good fit. And that the culture just repelled that person. And, and like, that was beautiful because I didn't have to get involved or anything. Like it's just clear that we had this team unit that was going to be able to run. So build it one person at a time, build that culture, ultimately, you know, craft what you want to create to, to be your vision. That comes full circle to where it starts, which, which is again, why you started in business to begin with. Hmm. So good. You literally have the opportunity to build the business that you want to build that vision that you create. And I hope that everybody listening caught that today. Uh, Austin, again, thank you so much. Where can our listeners find out more about you, about the programs that you offer? Yeah, uh, you can check out 2x.co. It's the shortest uh, email or website address that, that you can have, uh, 2x.co. Uh, we've got a book called From Six to Seven Figures. I definitely uh, recommend that you check that out. I've got an updated version that just makes it really simple on what to do to uh, build a better, more successful business. And yeah, we've got a ton of resources. We've got a one-on-one -on -one coaching program called the 2x Accelerator, where we work with you to implement the proper systems and strategies to take your business to the next level. And a lot of what we talked about now. So, so much related to operational excellence, related to systems numbers and people because if you get those things right and you combine it with you know some strong talent and a good product like again uh, it's limitless what's possible from there so that's what we work with you on one-on-one -on -one. so 2x.co check us out um you got a lot of free resources available for you so good your book is literally like in the top three books that i recommend wow. to people top business books so uh it's on amazon too you guys can go check it out um from six to seven figures awesome book and austin again thank you so so very much uh, I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Keep it going. You're inspiring a lot of people and appreciate you so much. Thank you. You just finished another episode of the Business Savvy Show. 
For more free business scaling and hiring resources, head over to businesssavvyshow.com. We'll see you next time, Savvies.